Good morning and welcome to Christ for Us. This is Pastor Rolf Preuss. That portion of God's Word that we read and consider today, the Holy Ghost has caused to be recorded in St. John chapter 2, verse 11, where we read as follows in the name of Jesus. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. When God became a man, he did not change. God can't change. He's immutable. This means that he lost none of his divine glory. He hid it, but he didn't lose it. He chose to cover up his glory under deep humility. He was born in a stable. His first crib was a manger. He did not hobnob with the high and mighty. His mother Mary prophesied concerning him in her Magnificat, She said, He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. Jesus was no name-dropper. He was unimpressed with the pomp and ceremony associated with human pretensions to greatness. He upended the false standards of this world. He associated with the lowly. But he manifested his glory. He showed the world that he was God. The Bible says he was God in the flesh. He showed it. He did what only God could do. And in doing what only God could do, he not only taught us that he was God, he also taught us what God wants for us. Today we consider the first miracle that Jesus ever did, and we learn what God thinks of marriage because it was at the wedding of Cana that he first revealed his glory, his divine glory, by changing water into wine. We know that Jesus is God because he did what only God can do. Only God can turn water into wine. He causes the rain from the sky to fall upon the ground in which the vines have their roots, and then he causes the sun to shine on the leaves. The vines grow, produce grapes, the juice of the grapes is squeezed out, stomped out, and then this juice ferments and becomes wine. God turns water into wine, and he's been doing it for thousands of years. The process takes a while. We think it happens naturally, but what we call nature is God's work. He works through means. He works through the rain, the sun, the good earth, the grapes, and the process of fermentation. Now, God appears in the flesh, and the time has come to reveal his glory to the world, and he chooses to do so by turning water into wine. What under the laws of nature might take years to do, Jesus does instantaneously, and nobody had tasted better wine. It wasn't just so-so wine. It was good. Jesus did what only God could do. 
In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the verdict upon his creation was stated by Moses, Behold, it was very good. The verdict upon the wine Jesus made was given by the master of the feast, who said, You have kept the good wine until now. Jesus does what only God can do. In this way, he shows that he is God. If Jesus is God, then he can help us in any difficulty we face. If he is God, he is almighty. If Jesus is God, then he knows all of our troubles. If he is God, he is omniscient. If Jesus is God, then he cares about every single detail of our lives. He isn't just concerned about humanity in the abstract. He cares about each one of us individually. This he makes crystal clear. He chooses to do his first miracle at a wedding celebration. St. John tells us that the changing of water into wine was the first sign or miracle that Jesus did. For 30 years he hid his glory, and he first revealed his glory as God at a wedding. We don't know the couple's name, and it doesn't matter. We know that Jesus' mother was there. We know that there were many people there. We know that Jesus and his disciples had been invited. The people who planned the wedding didn't plan for as many guests as there were, and to run out of wine would have been a serious humiliation. Mary knew it, and she also knew that her son knew it, and so she told the servants there to do whatever her son said to do. The Holy Spirit chose to record for us this single event in the life of Jesus as a boy. That was when he was in the temple. The only thing the Bible records from the time he was an infant till he was 30 was when he was in the temple. And there he shows us that God wants us to love his house, to hold his word sacred, and gladly to hear and learn it. Now we go to when he's 30, and we see the Holy Spirit choosing to record this, his very first miracle, and to tell us that it happens at a wedding. And this is to teach us to honor marriage. Jesus honored it. We should also, because Jesus is God in the flesh. That means he's the one who instituted marriage. When the Creator joined his creation and decided to reveal his glory, he did so at a wedding celebration. God established marriage in the beginning. He joined one man to one woman, and he made them one. He gave them a gift of intimacy by which to express their mutual love, and through this gift, God continues to create new life. Marriage and the family did not evolve over time, but they were established by God in the beginning when he made us male and female in his own image. There is no question that sin has distorted what God made. Men and women engage in the intimacy uh, that belongs to marriage as a form of recreation. They take a beautiful gift and rip it away from where God put it. They take what is holy and they make it dirty. They use it solely for their own pleasure, and then they wonder why their relationships don't last. Entire industries thrive and prosper by perverting and debasing what God in the beginning made pure and holy. But the God become flesh is determined to sanctify what has been spoiled. He is going to elevate what has been debased. 
He is invited to the wedding and he comes and he turns imminent disaster into a wonderful celebration. Now, the Bible condemns drunkenness in no uncertain terms, but God does not disapprove of the moderate use of alcohol. Jesus made good wine. He celebrated with the couple, their families, and their friends. He was invited, he came, and he turned potential humiliation into wonderful blessing. And so he does today. He's the only one who can. The love with which marriage begins faces strain. What begins as joy often degenerates into bickering, arguing, and fighting. Husbands and wives become trapped in their own sin. They do to each other what breeds resentment and anger, and they teach their children by their example. And then Jesus enters in. Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is his bride. Listen to how St. Paul describes Jesus' love for his church in his epistle to the church in Ephesus. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish." How does Jesus sanctify his church? How does he make her holy? He does so not by laying a burden upon her to fulfill, but by bearing her burden for her. He gave himself for her. That is, he died for her. He suffered for her. He bore in his own body her sins. After dying for her and rising from the dead, he instituted holy baptism as a means by which he might sanctify and cleanse her. The blood he shed for her on the cross is now applied to her in this washing. God joins the then and there to the here and now. The water that was used at the wedding of Cana for ritual cleansing took no sin away, but the Lord Jesus has joined himself and his holy death to the water of holy baptism, and this does take sin away. The wine that made the hearts at that wedding celebration glad did not take any sin away. But the wine that we drink at the altar of Christ's church is the very blood that Jesus once and for all shed for us for the forgiveness of sins. Christ gave his life for his church. He is the bridegroom. The church is his bride, and Christ continues to sanctify marriage today, even as he did nearly 2,000 years ago. He and his disciples were invited to that wedding. He was welcomed into that home, and he came with blessing. He always comes with blessing. He makes us happy. He brings what we need to make our marriages happy and our homes secure. We don't need a better job, a bigger house, more money, or more leisure. We need Jesus. We need the forgiveness that he gives. It comes from God. This forgiveness was earned by God become flesh, and this is how we know it's real and certain and valid. God himself guarantees it. And this is the forgiveness that we can share with each other. Now think about that. We have the divine right through Christ 
to forgive each other our sins. Husbands forgiving wives, wives forgiving husbands, children forgiving their parents, parents forgiving their children. This is far more precious than the good intentions that we have and the sincere promises that we make. When Jesus enters into the marriage, into the home, he always comes with forgiveness. And then this is new every day. And this is how we find marital happiness together. We embrace Jesus together, and the love that we find in him is the love that we share with each other. If we want to know what a happy marriage is all about, we look to Christ's marriage to his bride, the Holy Christian Church. We don't look to the popular culture that despises what is pure and holy. We don't look to our own fickle feelings. But we look to where God has joined us. He became one of us, not only to share our flesh and blood, but to bear our burdens and sins. He became one of us to join us where, he li- where we live. And so we welcome him into our marriages and homes. He comes willingly. And when his hour has come, he will turn our every failure into blessing. We thank you for being with us today on Christ for Us, a confessional Lutheran broadcast. This broadcast is brought to you by members of First Confessional Lutheran Parish, and we'd like to invite you to attend one of the congregations of our parish. On Sunday morning, we have divine service at First American Lutheran Church in Mayville, North Dakota, at 8 o'clock. We have divine service at Grace Lutheran Church in Crookston, Minnesota at 10.30. And we have divine service at First Evanger Lutheran Church in Fertile, Minnesota at noon. We're happy to bring this broadcast to you on the station that you're hearing it from, or perhaps you're listening to it from the website, www.christforus.org. We're happy to bring this broadcasts to you because we believe that Christ is for you, regardless of who you are. We believe that you are a sinner who needs a Savior, that Jesus is your Savior, and that through faith in him you find eternal life. Please join us next Sunday morning for the next broadcast of Christ for Us.